Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line. Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best. Good morning. Welcome to another New Spurs Order pod. Under the touchline Fracker Banner, I'll be your host for this podcast. X-Pack will be joined by two lovely co-hosts as we are recording late on a Friday night as it stands. We first up we got Booker T with a slightly newer setup. How are you doing? Very well, very well. Um what's going on, man? Very happy to be uh, back on. It's been a little while, but uh, new season, new me and that. So let's do it, man. New season, new you, new headset, new setup. Oh, man. I'm loving it. These beards glistening as well. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's new lighting as well. I didn't pop that at first, but I'm not an expert on beards, as you can probably tell. Macho, man. How's it going? Hey, yo, man. What's going on, man? What's going on? Nice Friday evening. I'm, yeah, I'm good. Man. Had a couple of impromptu beverages, you know. So I got some. I had to Google what it's called. It's called Malfi Rosa Pink Grapefruit Flavored Gin. Any honestly, <laughs> you man? Sounds so fruity. Honestly, <laughs> listen, man. I was living a life. I don't know how many shots deep I was. But I was deep in it. You know uh... I mean, we're here, man. <laughs> like, literally, and you know. We'll have to try and tag them in the, on the podcast tweet or something, and they can oh, sponsor the next one with any luck. But yeah, oh, let's get into it. It's um, it is an exciting time to be a Spurs fan right now. You've got Big Ange hitting all the notes in all the pre-match press conferences. We're playing relatively good football again, and um, yeah, we had four deputants start against Brentford. 
three of which were in the back line. So it was ominous. But yeah, what were your thoughts going into it, Tops? Because, um, I mean, before we carry on, I forgot to say, me and Ohio actually predicted the score spot on in the previous week. So, um, generally, my thoughts were I was apprehensive, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, uh, this whole preseason, new manager, new group of players, new sort of vibe. Um, generally, my feeling have been a bit apprehensive from the start, and uh, I, I kind of do want to see a little bit more. Um, although we had kind of a mixed uh, preseason, the the few things that I saw have kind of made me kind of happy in terms of how we were going to play. But obviously, like you know, um, this is Premier League football, um, and teams are in the Premier League for for a reason. They generally are going to be able to perform at like a good level. Um, and they're going to have some level of knowledge of what your what your team performance or what your your style or what even like you know your um, the personnel that you're going to be putting out. So we kind of were prepared for uh, what Brentford would were, were going to come for. But in my mind, I was just apprehensive because I didn't know what Andrews was going to put on for us. And in many respects, there was lots that was good, and there was lots that was. Okay, but I think all in all, a point away at Brentford is a good one to me. Yeah, in general, it is. You can't lie. And um, I'll go to you just to kind of get your thoughts on just how that kind of first half of the first half panned out. And did you agree with this decision to start Van der Ven, considering he had signed for the club like three or four days earlier? Yeah, I feel like. You know, obviously, we're not football managers here. We're not football coaches. But I feel that sometimes with certain players, you can see it within five minutes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, compared to who else would have played. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it might have been a Ben Davies. It might have been a uh, an Eric Dyer, unfortunately. Um, luckily, it wasn't a claim on Longley. But it wouldn't have shocked me if somehow it was. Um, I feel like Ange... Like, the thing is, I'm sure we'll touch on the way Ange speaks in interviews and stuff. But, you know, having had a few Australian coaches being, you know, having played rugby. Like, I feel like there's a level of honesty and just sort of not really giving a damn about what anyone thinks in terms of big decisions. Like, a lot of managers probably would have been, nah, like, Van der Ven's been here five minutes. It doesn't make sense to start him. I'm not going to, you know, put him in the firing line like that. You know, if if we were playing City, might it have been different? Possibly. Um, but also possibly not. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like Ange probably... Because like we said, Ange has wanted him since when he was at Celtic. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I think it was you know it was e- it's easy to say in hindsight, great decision. But I think even when the team sheet was announced, I was like, you know what, Ange's you know putting he's putting his flag in the mud. He's like, yeah, like this is this is my signing. I trust my guy. Like him and Destiny have literally known each other five minutes, but it's gonna work because they're that good. So you know, I feel like obviously props to Van der Ven and props to um, Destiny for figuring it out on the first day, and it's gonna get better. But I think you have to really you know, pause in advance. You have to respect the balls on Ange to do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Facts. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And there's been a lot of conviction in his decisions as well as a bit of humility. And um, he, I, you can tell he's ready to be accountable with it as well, unlike um, certain managers who we've had in the past, one of which didn't really fancy Basuma that much. Um, you got to say, he, he took the game by the scruff in the neck from minute one, don't you think? 
Yeah, he did. I mean, to be honest with you, like at this point, uh, Conte needs to be tried at the Hague, man, for the crimes that he committed um, to Basuma last season. Um, like, it really does kind of make you think how different managers have an effect on on players, and not only like a, not only just the players' like ability or how they apply themselves, but also like their confidence. You know, like you see the kind of player that he was before he came to Spurs, and we thought that we were getting a excellent, fairly ball playing robust, you know, inventive sort of midfielder. And instead, we got someone who basically didn't really get much game time, um, was kind of uh, pushed to the side and kept giving us this, in my opinion, what was I would call a bullshit ex- excuse of not being tactically uh, prepared to be able to play the role that he requires. And honestly, like, I was so impressed with Basuma on the weekend. Um, he was literally everything for us in the way that we wanted to play on Sunday, um, in that sort of deep six in between the two um, inverted fullbacks. You know, he had the most touches. He was already, like, garnering a relationship between himself and um, Madison. And it was just refreshing to be able to see a highly technical footballer taking the game at his pace, doing things that he's capable of doing, and honestly, allowing the team to play in an identity that is that is reminiscent of what Ange wants to, wants us to play. Like honestly, on the weekend, I, you know, alongside like uh, Ohio said, alongside Mickey, alongside Udoji, alongside Emerson, I thought Bisuma was you know was excellent. I really, I really do think he was excellent. Um, and if this is just a snapshot of what we're going to see, you know, moving forward in terms of his development, I think it's positive. Like I'm not going to say it was perfect because. As a six, he has, on top of all the ball work he has to kind of get through, pause, he has a lot of defensive work that he has to get through. And I feel like in the first half, there were some moments where if we uh, were in certain areas like Udoji or um, Emerson were pulled out positions, you kind of need your six to drop in in a way to be able to support. And there were a number of times that I was like, hmm, I would really want, Basuma to be here and I think maybe they they made some tactical tweaks because it was a lot better in the second half so in terms of like him his performance I think it was very good on on a whole but absolutely you know as time will go on we will probably see a development of his all-round game at in that position and I think he will do it I think he's got the capabilities to do it as well yeah he seems very very smart I agree with everything you said he seemed hyper away he was so sharp and knowing where all of our players were, all of the opposition players were, and just how press-resistant he was and being able to progress the ball gradually up the pitch consistently throughout the whole game, um, from minute one to the end, just crucial in just keeping the ball for us. And as he, like you said, the link-up with Madison was, was top, and it didn't take him long to get his first assist. Obviously, really nice whipped in ball to Romero. It was almost too well whipped in, like to the speed it hit him. It, um, obviously, just ended up sending Romero over the edge after he had a, a collision with Embuemo, and the medical team saw something in him which, okay, um, you're not even really celebrating your goal. You're a little bit wobbly. We've made the decision to take you off, and yeah, you got to say it was the right decision. Um, the ballsy one because I don't think it technically went down as a concussion substitution because it happened kind of 
a few minutes after the actual incident. But even so, to use a normal sub to make that crunch decision there and then for who's arguably your best defender as well, like just got just it's just got to be done. Um, went one nil up, looks pretty comfortable, and then um. So you've still got Basuma and Madison ticking things over. Then we can see the penalty. Um, are we in agreement that it was? Yeah. I like, thought it was a bit soft, it, but man. It's, it's one of them ones. Like, if that happens in the centre circles foul, if that mm-hmm. happens to, you know, the fullback near his area, like, you know, corner flag, it's a foul. Like... Mm-hmm. I, I, I hear you son saying it's soft in terms of, you know, in terms of like the level of contact was maybe not uh reciprocal to the reaction. But again, I, I feel like I've said this on the pod before. I am very much here for gamesmanship and I have to be consistent whether it's for us or against us. Because the reality is how many pens have we not seen given where someone's been absolutely smashed, but they've tried to do the integrity thing, stay up and the pen's not given. It's like Refs haven't given players a choice anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, I know there was a whole thing about I can't remember who it was that was fouled, but apparently he like grabbed the wrong ankle or whatever. And I'm just a bit like, we're clutching at straws here. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and berate Son. You know, it, it it wasn't like Son's attempted to clean him out, but he's fouled him. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's mistakenly kicked his ankle, and if you mistakenly kick someone's ankle, like with the full fucking what? dorsal side of your foot onto their whole ankle it's a foul like you know I feel like the Tottenham the Tottenham Twitter fan base especially has this thing where they just like to complain about stuff and I was seeing like some of the I don't want to say maddest takes I've seen a lot of terrible takes today like we'll get into that when we talk to the transfers bit actually when we're talking to Vicario a bit actually we'll get to that but like some of the stuff people were saying about why, why it wasn't a pen I was like how long have you not been watching football? Have you seen what an actual really soft pen is? Have you seen some of the pens that we've not been given or had given against us? And this is the one that you're like losing blood pressure, like raising your blood pressure over. Like, you know, it's unfortunate it was Son in his first game as captain, considering I can't really say he had a good game either. Um, mm-hmm. but, hey, man, he's not... He's, what, he's like I don't. I, I've never really. I've not particularly good at football. Played obviously for when I was younger, but it's just one of those moments where everyone's shouting around you. No fouls. No fouls. No fouls. No fouls. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Facts. You, you, know, you know that one. No fouls. No yeah. fouls. People, people FIFA. You'd be shouting. No fouls. No fouls. No fouls. Why is your foot there? Like it was just a bit. <laughs> too Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's almost like a foul that only an attacker would make. You get me. Yeah. Yeah, like so yeah, yeah like it's it was... a little bit unlucky. Like you think you got excited to get back to make the challenge. You, you, I don't even think he really stuck a foot out, but it was just his momentum yeah from running back into that challenge. It's quite good. It's quite um, good. Quite a good player top kind of cuts in as he's looking to change direction and it's like <clears> a little bit unlucky timing, but yeah, I hear mm. it. It got given, it got slotted. Yeah equalised and it's uh, it's peaking and um, Tops you've had a few thoughts on Brentford's second goal yeah I just thought the second goal uh, I watched the game live I watched the game again um, earlier this week and I don't know I just 
I felt like it was a goal that was kind of preventable. Um, the reason I say that, and it might seem a bit harsh, but I just felt like uh, from the get-go, we kind of didn't react quickly enough, in my opinion. Um, I felt like the free kick was quite quickly taken. Like uh, Brentford are very, they're very good at that. Um, the position of Emerson, um, arguably, was, in my opinion, probably it, he wasn't quick to react to the fact that Rika Henry um, was like there and in behind him. Um, he's obviously tried to have a 50-50 with uh, Rika Henry to stop the ball from being crossed in. And then that ball's then gone in and it's now been taken back to the, to the six-yard box and uh, Wisser has been left by himself, which I think, um, who was the player that was in the middle there with him? I think it might have been Udogi, who maybe has left him. Then he's taken the shot. He's has had the time to take the shot. Plus, it's then deflected off Mickey, and it looked like it was probably going to be saved by Vicario. I think, yeah. See, like when I when I think about it, like maybe I'm I'm being a bit harsh, but I th- I felt like it was a goal that was preventable. Um, but again, like one of the big things that I I'm not so worried about this season is that I understand that this is going to be a learning curve for a lot of our players. Uh, and just really said it like quite positively um, that, you know, we have to look at the age group. Um, Romero is 25, um, Emerson's 24, Doggy's 20, um, Mickey is 22. Like this is, this is a young backline um, and they're going to probably, the way that we defend is probably going to be different to maybe how some of them are used to. Um, and actually in truth, it looked like we changed the system or the structure of how we were defending in the second half. And all of a sudden, it looked a lot more comfortable in, t- in defensive phases. It looked a lot more comfortable in defensive phases. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, Mickey could probably have a bit more noose about him to fully get his foot on the ball if he's, gonna, if he's going to try and clear it. Or maybe uh, Vicario could, you know, call and let him know that he has it. But again, we're literally picking at straws here. So I think generally it looked a lot open, a lot more open in the first half and it was less open in the second half. And honestly, I think it will improve. I think it will improve in the, uh, as the, as the season goes on. But I mean, you know, <laughs> for a team that conceded 60, 60 odd goals last season. And then we start the, the first game of the season with two conceded. Uh, you always think, okay, this this can't really extrapolate uh, well, but I'm just going to have to take it for for how we're playing and what it leaves us open to, you know? Yeah, for sure. And obviously, you've got to remember how uh, defensive structure coming into the game, like three deputants out of five in the back line, and then we have Romero go off injured in like the 15th minute for Davison Sanchez. So we've then got to reshuffle again. And then I think, yeah, Skip just ended up helping out more, um, covering spaces in behind, which I think is essentially his role in that eight to to do because obviously he's he's quite limited going forward. But um, quite luckily, or I guess through some sustained pressure, we ended up kind of making the most out of our possession and, and getting an equalised goal. Like I had been hoping and praying that Emerson Royale started over Poro and um, he ended up popping up with a moment which I didn't expect him to be picked for. Like I was expecting him to just be there defending the channels 
building up for in the first phase. And then, um, yeah, we ended up having a good move and Emerson Rails scores from the edge of the box. After a little bit of um, coming together, Madison managed to release it and, yeah, good finish. Um, but no, generally going into the second half now, um, how do you think we kind of managed and controlled that? Like, did you think we should have probably got in front at any point? Um, just want to touch really quickly on the second and third goals, I think. With the second one, like, I think Tox, you're right in that Emerson probably could have been a little bit better place. But again, the quick free kick was quite high up. Should he have kept an eye on Rico Henry? Probably. Is Rico Henry one of the better left-backs in the, in the league? Yes. One of the more athletic? Yes. Like, he did manage to go... You know, Emerson's no Carl Walker. He did manage to go toe-to-toe with him and, like, he did put him off balance. Like, when Emerson recovered, he did well. But, again, I feel like we do need to hold our defence to a higher standard this year. Um, I do feel like as good a game Basuma had, I feel like Basuma was the one sleeping for Wisa because I think watching it in real time, I was like, oh, why Sanchez left him? And I watched it again. I was like, mm, Basuma, you maybe you should have been breaking in your neck pause to go in, to go and chase Wisa down, to track him down. Mm. But again, like, you know, I, I was never expecting our defence system to be perfect. Uh, for, I think one of my favourite things about the third goal um, is we have someone now in Madison where like on the edge of the box, he's not just going to turn around and pass it back or try and switch it to somebody in the right corner. Like he was trying to make something happen, even though there was a player in front of him, you know, tried, tried to buy a foul, didn't quite work out, but there was enough chaos for Emerson to, to hit the ball. So, you know, outside of Madison's, um, you know, ball striking ability of finding a pass, just even being a nuisance in those areas was really helpful. Like five minutes beforehand, I think Emerson, um, there was a chance where I thought he was going to square it to Son for Son to have a go. But then, uh, no, he did square it to Son, but like there was a bit too much weight on the pass. And I think that speaks to Emerson's technical quality at inverted fullback. But we'll get to the tactic side later on. Um, but I'd say we had chances to win it, like fully win it second half. Um, I do feel like our defensive adjustments, sort of, they, they were working, they weren't working. Do you know what I'm saying? They were still t- there was still the odd time where even though we had like we had we had a lot of possession, I feel like we have we ended up averaging was it above sixty? Yeah, sixty eight. Um, six sixty eight. We had sixty eight sixty eight percent possession, which I think, based off last season, we never had any. I think that's higher than thirty seven out of thirty eight of our games last season mm. in terms of percentage. Yeah, like even without checking, I believe you. Like I actually believe you, and it didn't feel like we were because that I feel like there's been times in years gone by. Or you've watched te- like England, for example. England in years gone by would maybe have had like sixty percent of the ball, but nothing's really happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas it, it did feel like m- we could make something happen every couple of minutes or so. Um, you know, we did we did make Brentford um, sit in a mid to low block quite a lot, which does speak to is a bit of a testament to how we play, considering they were at home. But also, Brentford are very capable of catching any team on the break. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Probably a little bit less susceptible to that kind of break in the second half, I think. But I don't know if that's a lack of Brentford throwing players forward or if we were just a bit more technically um tactically secure and that I'm not entirely sure. I've not I've not I've not rewatched the game. Um I just feel like again we'll get to United soon. I just feel like that really needs to be patterned before we play United because, you know, we remember what Jose said um 
before he signed for us. He was at Pogba, Diag, Rashford, the spaces there. That could literally happen again with, mm-hmm. dare I say it, Mason Mount making the pass. So. No, man, no, never that, man. Like, like I, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It felt at times um, that you could kind of see that Udogi and um, Udogi and Emerson were almost playing their positions, but almost like wing backs because they were so bound to being like in those central areas that Brentford realised that the only way to kind of get at this team, even if they were in the mid block, was to basically exploit the spaces in behind. And it's all well and good because, you know, we were basically happy to have a lot of possession by creating sort of these wide channels to Son and Kulusevsky. And obviously having the midfielders, uh, having the two fullbacks almost like midfielders means that you have more people to win the ball back in your counter press. And you also have way more possession because the midfielders would traditionally go for Basuma and Madison. But instead, they're having to now stop Udogi and... Um, Udogi and uh, Emerson, which means that people like Madison, people like um, Basuma could sometimes switch spots and that's why they seem to get a lot of the ball. But again, a lot of that ball was central. And again, if you're playing teams that are central, especially in the mid to deep block with a team that's playing three at the back, those spaces to break through those mid blocks is going to be very tight. And the chances that you're going to have to get, you're going to have to get it to people like Sun, the over XG guys, because those chances are going to come few and far between. But I agree with you. I think there's a lot of like things that we can probably tweak in terms of how we set up defensively um, because there are going to be teams who are going to be able to exploit what Brentford did way more violently than what Brentford did on Sunday. <laughs> Whenever someone says violently, it paints such a bad picture. But it is interesting that we, we touched upon the, the possession and everything else. Like, where I asked... Could we have scored more? Could we have looked like more of a threat? Like where we where we did make the tweaks to be more defensively sound. I felt like our counter press took a really good jump as well, and I felt like we could have probably taken a few more risks in the second half. And I guess a lot's been made, especially over the preseason, that our attackers don't quite suit Andy's system. They think maybe Kulusevski is a bit too rigid. Son's not a take-on guy. Richarlison um, may not have the quality. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So how do we see kind of the attackers in this team moving forward? Obviously, it looks like we're going to need a new one as well. I'll put that Sorry one about that, um, Yeah, so I think we'll start with Son, Capitan. Um, I feel like... Sweet, do you know what's so funny about Son? And I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start a slander session, but I feel like people who have been rocking with NSO from the beginning, back when we were called Touchdown Hotspur, they will remember a pod we did where we asked if Son is world class, and there's like <laughs> there was honestly the backlash we got. Yeah, I'm like, it, it was a bit nuts. World class, like world class finisher at a point. Yes, world class person. No, we've and we've always said this. Just in a sense of, hey man, we're not just going to throw the world class card at anyone because for someone who doesn't, who isn't a number nine, for like for your fin- for your level of finishing to be so far ahead of everything else you do as a wide man, like that's that's not as as big a positive as you, as we think it is because how many times have we said on pods like if someone doesn't slap a little GNA, what does he do? 
Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I wouldn't say the same for a Mane. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say the same for a Grealish. At least, because at least with Grealish, people can say what they want about the hundred mil and the GNA is not really there and he's maybe not performing as as well as he could be. And that's probably true. I think Grealish has said that. But at the very least, you could kind of say what he did, or at least just little things that like attracting defenders, being technically secure, couple one twos around the corner, put it like dragging the. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like I just don't. I still struggle to see what Don, Don, what Son excels at outside of shooting. Do you know what I'm saying? Which for a wide man is a little bit scary. Um, like I just, I just feel like if Son just downloaded a little ISO one two package, just one two round the corner with with a link man, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> right backs would not know what to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, less about fantasy and that. Um, I feel like obviously watching a lot of Tifa about Ange. Over the summer, it was a thing where, you know, he we know prefers his wingers to do the one-on-one thing. I'm, I'm excited to see what Mano Solomon is about in regards to that. Son's never really been the one-on-one ISO dribbler like that before. Uh, more of a carrier into space. Um, so he was he struggled with that a little bit. Like, I think, I can't, I can't remember, I can't find the picture right now, but there was like a picture of... Um, it was like Son and Kulisevsky's passes, basically. And it was it, it made you feel sorry for Richarlison, to be honest. Like we can yeah. say we can say what we want about Richarlison. Yeah. But agreed, agreed. He needs help from the wide yeah. um, so Son, Son has a lot of work to do in that regard in terms of being just at, at the bare minimum a link man. Um I think Kulisevsky, I'll try and not say too much so because Tops, I'm sure you have some thoughts. Kulisevsky, I feel like people there were he had a mixed game. Like there were some times where it looked like he was struggling to get onto his left side. But then other times I'm like, you know what? I think sometimes he just knows that, you know what, right now is not the time to stand up the fullback and whip it in because Richarlis is outnumbered. That's a possibility. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because there were other times where he would comfortably get on his left and look at the options, you know? Because I think there's a Tottenham group trap I'm in when someone kept saying, oh, Kulisevsky, he, he can't get on his left. Everyone knows what he's doing. It's like, it doesn't matter. Any fullback with sense knows that Kulisevsky is going to try and get on his left. The same way, and, you know, I'm not obviously Kulisevsky is nowhere near Iron Robin, but everyone knows what Iron Robin is going to do. He's still going to do it because he's that good at it. Like, at a point, Kulisevsky was that good that every fullback, even if you've never watched film on him, you know within five minutes, this guy's all he's got is a left foot and that's it. But he kept doing it in his first season. So it might be a confidence thing. It might be an adjustment thing. You know, maybe maybe he's trying to take it a bit easy because he is fairly injury prone um, as one of our forward options. And then I think I'll save the I'll save the Richarlison talk for a bit later. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, it's um it's interesting with, with Son as well. Like he does have that. He only has one move when it comes to dribbling. It's that step over onto the left foot. Mm-hmm. Oh. I thought Kulizewski looked a little bit sharper than he had done at most of the like most of last season, which isn't a high standard to go by. But um, I do think he has he has got that right foot kind of um, chop from the left to the right in his locker. I didn't really see him use it much last season, but that season under Conte, um, initially he used it a fair bit. So I mean, if he can, he only really uses it when he gets like like deep into the byline. So um yeah, if we can just get him into positions higher at the pitch, I'm sure if he continues to 
be as sharp as he looks like he can be, then that might not be as big of a problem as it's been made out to be. Richarlison, we could have got the ball to him more. I think we could have taken more risks, especially later on in the second half. But there was one particular chance where Paris has squared it to him and he just took it like he was... Like he wanted to just nonchalantly just kick the ball away, just getting rid of it for the sake of getting rid of it. And yeah, that was annoying. Like he could have easily kind of touched it onto his left foot and got a shot off. And he touched it where literally the defender was standing waiting for him to shoot and he just shot there anyway. It was such a half-hearted attempt. Um I can't imagine he was too tired to take the shot at that point either. So yeah. I mean it's I don't know, like how can I I feel like there's two there's two sides to this really. Like the side that I'm always gonna go to is that I just don't think he's very good. And I'm not gonna go into some slander session about him. I just personally don't think that like technically he's kind of he's got the ability to lead a team that plays this way. Um and honestly, out of all the chances that he missed, that specific chance you mentioned, I think probably points more to why I say, you know, because there are opportunities where it's a 50-50 chance. There's a 50, you know, 50-50 chance of you scoring, 50-50 chance of you even creating the space. But that sort of chance, you know, you're already facing a defender and you need to now have the, let's say, nuance, ingenuity as a striker to create space, to shift the ball, to be able to do something so that the shot becomes easier. Him shooting the ball right at the defender as the defender's there almost looks like it's either he's frustrated or... He just doesn't realise that this is, listen, <laughs> that isn't just somewhere to shoot the ball, bro. Like, wh- what are you doing, all right? Yeah. So, was... on on one hand, that is kind of my overarching thought. But on another hand, I'm also like, <sighs> and I don't even want this to be an excuse, it's like, Brentford are the kind of team that you don't really want to play in with this type of tactic. And the reason I say that is because Andrew's ball is very much counter-pressing, high possession, very central, is there's a, is a high amount of centrality in terms of how we progress the ball. But you're playing against a team who has a very, very tight defensive shape, who are closing off all the spaces and they're always going to be playing with 3-5-2 in, uh, well, 3-5-2 in terms of their, in terms of their uh, shape, but in defending, it's almost like a 4-5-1, a 5-4-1. So they're just happy to sit in and let there not be anything coming through, especially when it comes to crosses. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at a team who has a lot of ball to feet to the wings. You're on one side, you have um, Kulu, who's receiving the ball, but having to come in field, has no real outside runner. Although sometimes Emerson was trying it, but really, I actually kind of wanted Skip to be that third man to be giving him options Mm. But he, he never really got that. Whereas on the left, you had Sun receiving the ball to feet and lots of underlapping runs from Udogi. But we never really used it. Like, think of how many times we actually got the ball to Sun, Sun maybe take a touch, Udogi was flying past him, either on the inside or the outside, and he didn't receive the ball to be able to do so. So then you start putting these things together and you're like, this is a bit of a difficult one to to break down. And also you're you're getting these new sort of philosophies and new tactics and new structures into the players. And you're trying to get a striker who's low on confidence to play. All these different factors, I'm like, okay, in my mind now, as much as I dislike Richarlison, I just feel that Ange is probably going to see this through a little bit. 
be at four, five games before he probably thinks maybe we should change it. Because we know that Son has the ability to score. We know he's got the ability to put chances away. Excellent finisher. And really outside of the finishing, like Ohio says, sometimes he's lacking. But one thing you do know is that if you give him the chance to score, he's probably going to score. And I think he probably doesn't want to kill the confidence of someone like Charleston by suddenly saying, you know what, bro, maybe this isn't for you. Uh, maybe I'm going to just try someone else. Because I do think, like, what you mentioned earlier on about even a different style of winger or attacker in Perisic in terms of his ability to get to the ball and cross, or someone like Solomon, who's a one-on-one demon. All of a sudden, you now have different types of profiles on both wings, and it's a different kind of threat that a team has to deal with. But... I mean, we're looking at this so intensely and so to such a detail and it's only one game. So it's just like, I think there's definitely scope for us to develop. Um, I think there's definitely scope, definitely. Yeah, for sure. That was really good chat on what could develop in a relationship between Udogi and Sun because this is what we kind of hoped that would come from um, Perisic and Sun last season. And um, yeah, that that was just a complete disaster. Um, I just want to kind of summarise what the debutants' performance performances were like. Um, I want to start with Vicario purely because I saw so much criticism for his performance online, and I was like, hey, "Wait a minute!" I, like, I missed a bit in the second half. I was like, "What did I actually miss? That could have been that disastrous." I'm like, I don't think he was at fault for either goal. Um, definitely got unlucky with the second goal. Okay, maybe could have. Um, been a bit lucky to not concede the penalty towards the end when he came flying out. Um, I think that probably should have been a penalty, to be honest. I think that rule about kicking the ball out is... Let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. You know, it's counterproductive. But yeah, what, what do you guys think Vicario's performance was like overall? Uh, I thought it was okay. Like, again, I thought uh, it was one of the, it was another one of those things that Spurs Twitter just went into meltdown over, like, you know, I'm not saying he was in, he didn't have a performance that instilled confidence, should we say? But you know, kid was kid was all right. Like none of I wouldn't say none of the goals were his fault. I agree with you that if I was a ref, I'd have given that um, I'd have given that pen at the end um, where he in the second half where he's where he's collided with maybe the ball's gone out. He needs to because even though maybe according to the laws and the rules, that's not a pen that does sort of call into question his um, sweeping abilities and acceleration when when it's closer to goal. So it's just something to be wary of. Um, I don't really... I can't really remember how Brentford did for corners. I don't really, I don't really recall him being that authoritative in the air, but I also don't remember him spilling anything in the air or dropping anything in the air. So it's like, is, was it a case of he made the judgment to stay on his line? Or was it a case of um, he 
he isn't confident enough to to be an air marshal. Not entirely sure. Something to be fair, I think the Brentford set pieces were particularly poor. Okay, and there you on go. The day, to be honest. Okay, so it was it was it was it was more by circumstance and by design. Fair enough. Um, you know, like I said, I still would have preferred if we got David Raya. Um, obviously, it burns a bit more that he's gone to the other side. It, it, it's mind-boggling <laughs> to me. Like it, it, it genuinely boggles the mind. The thing is, we said in the group chat when it got rejected. Like I swear, like half the man then were like, "Oh, we'll go back in at the end of the season because at the end of the window, because they'll be more desperate selling." Like we said, I I don't know. Like I I okay. You know what? I feel like we probably did. We probably did, and it was probably just too late by that point. Like right, like Raya was probably like, "Nah, like Arsenal here now." I'm. I'm I'm chilling because not every transfer is going to get reported. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, again, I, I it's a tough one because I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like giving signings a chance because obviously you have to. But like for me, I've seen in the comps of goals conceded, and I feel like it's it's a good thing to watch goals conceded of all goalkeepers from some of the what word am I looking for? Some of the regular things I see happening and some of the goals conceded does give me cause for concern. Um, but hey, man, we like a lot of the goals we're going to concede this year aren't going to be his fault, they're going to be because we're not defensively sound enough at, at times. So, agreed, was, agreed. Kid was, kid was all right. Uh, I, I'm, I very much agree with this. I, I, I don't think he, I don't think he was awful, I don't think he was great either. I think it was probably a little bit, bit of nerves. Um, and um, honestly, I agree with that last point. Uh, I, f- I feel that you can look at, a lo- you can tell, a- you can gain a lot from a keeper on the kind of goals he concedes. Um, whether it gives you confidence or not, it's totally up to you. It's such a funny parameter to try and, uh, well, goalkeeping in generally is such a funny barometer to kind of gauge what's good and what's not, what's not good to have. But as a debut goes, I think he did okay. I think he'll get better. Um, I think he'll get more confident. Um, and also playing with um, the same group of players, I think, will probably help too. But in my opinion, um, I think a lot of Spurs fans are also hurt. It's probably a bit of a pride thing, the fact that we let um, Raya go as well. Um, and I also think not that just, is the biggest factor behind not it. Just, yeah. Not just go, but go to a team like Arsenal who are in a good moment right now like it's, it's okay to say that it's, instead of saying oh the goalkeeper that we signed is I don't know oh. uh, general Spurs Twitter just um, it triggers me man yeah I thought they were a bit harsh on the day I do think it was fueled, uh, like you say with Raya going to Arsenal at the same time even though I'm actually like I'm I'm satisfied with how Spurs went about the business when they not backed the the same amount we actually offered them as as what Arsenal actually signed him for, because if, had we not signed any goalkeeper by this point or the point that Arsenal was saying right, like the fan base would be in complete meltdown. Um, Absolutely, and we Absolutely. moved for another target pretty swiftly. Got him in early, got him integrated pretty early as well, and. Yeah, like I'm, I'm good, satisfied with the way we went about business at the time. Uh, how good a signing Vicario ends up being, who knows? But I thought he had a fine debut, to be fair. Um, Destiny Doggy, Tops, what did you think of that? Yeah, I really like the kid. I mean, when I say uh, 
it's amazing to think that this guy is a 20 year old playing um, with like such confidence. Um, he looks very, very relaxed um, considering this was his first Premier League start. It just gave me kind of um, gave me like a nice warm feeling inside that we've signed a good player with good potential, um, good technical quality, and he seems to really back what the manager has, is saying and is asking of him. Um, and honestly, like um, him scoring in preseason probably helped. Him coming back early probably helped. Um, and actually, him even being away for that year, getting gaining more first team experience probably helped as well. Um, I. I like the kid. I think he's going to do big things this season. Um, as a as a debut, I thought I thought he did really well. Um, I think as an inverted fullback, we weren't kind of sure if it, if it was possible. And yeah, I think at times it did look like a wingback playing in a fullback sort of position in that inverted role. And sometimes when you're asking of his positioning um, in our defensive phases, but no, I was I wasn't unhappy with how he did. I think we'll get better as well. Yeah, one hundred, and um, I think we will probably all agree on how well Madison's performance was and why. Um, the short answer, I think, that, that is he is the player we all thought he would be in this team. Um, but I guess maybe a little more divisive opinion of a of a debut would have come from Mickey and Ohio. I was just looking to to get your thoughts on that debut. This is such yeah. a big signing for Spurs as well. Big signing. Um, do you know what I've clocked you? We've signed a couple of handsome men, you know. Vic, Vic, <laughs> Vicky's handsome. Madison's handsome. That Solomon, Solomon, he's a handsome youth. Yeah. Like, we signed a couple of handsome men still. Um, but in all seriousness, it feels like it was, bruv, we've been starving, man. We have been starving. At left back. Jesus. <sighs> like, we... Like. We were squeezing the life out of a Tonga man. He said, Dan, please, one more. <laughs> we're moving like, do you know what we're moving like? Yeah, bro, Undertaker should have retired like five years before he did. <laughs> when Brock Lesnar broke the streak, bro, like, like, end this for me now, bro. Like, wh- who have we seen left center? Like, we've seen Dyer there. We've seen Davies, like, Davies there, Kanganga there, and like bruv, and then we've done three at the back, and we've been begging for Bastoni, and just oh my god, we have been suffering, and just like it was so strange, yeah, because he he had a he, he was fine, like he just he just had a good debut, wasn't a standout debut, he was unlucky with a deflection, like it was fine. But it's it's mad. Like I I think I think Mickey could be really good, even though it was one game. I feel like for you to have been here five minutes, had three training sessions, and your manager trusts you to play with a left back you've never met in your whole life, to play with two um two different centre backs in one game, you know, to communicate with them like that. Obviously, you know, everyone can speak English to some degree, but you know, I think that speaks a lot to your to your footballing ability, to your mental fortitude. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. But at the same time, the bar the bar's on the floor for Mickey to surpass. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Mickey can have a bang average game. Bang average game. And we'll be like, yeah, this this, this is the second coming. This this is this is the Gogeta version of Tongan and Alderweireld. Like we're starving <laughs> like that. But in all seriousness, when you play this game, very comfortable on the ball, 
Like there was a couple times I saw him turning and out of two two forwards that were pressing him, and I was just there like this this is what we needed just this level of composure where because I'm sure there's been times where maybe a midfielder will turn around and see like Dyer or Ben Davies he'd be like nah I'm gonna recycle it elsewhere, do you know what I'm saying? I'm this is going elsewhere. Whereas certain man could turn around or oh, Mickey's there, you know what? Let me let me pass a move because I know I might get I'm actually gonna get this ball back. Do you know what I'm saying? Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 another case where like just fingers crossed. I'm sure we'll get to Matters in a minute properly, but the likes of him, the likes of Matters, the likes of Basuma, like we just need them to stay fit. Like thank God we've only got one game a week. Technically, you know, I know it's a bit of a easy term to say, but like because the drop off after them is mental. It is mental. The drop off is crazy. So you know, hopefully, if all things going well this year, we can build on strength and depth next year. Or maybe you know one of the, one of the young CBs that we get. Maybe Ashley Phillips rises it. Maybe uh, Alfred Dorrington rises it. Do you know what I'm saying? But you know, Mickey, it was very good. I like that he genuinely used to go to the Johan Cruyff Arena and watch Yang Vertonghen. Like for him to actually say that honestly was quite heartwarming to read. Quite positive. And yeah, man, kid, kid can play. I think, I think he, I think he could be really, really, really good for us. Yeah, I was quite worried. Like with him being six three six four, and in some of the comps I saw, it maybe looked a little bit clumsy. But honestly, he he was glad he didn't look clumsy at all in any of his defensive actions. Looked like to me, um, in real time, that he conceded a penalty at one point when the ball just dropped in the penalty box, and um, one of the players just ended up going down. Um, but no, he looked in control of that challenge. The way he was making angles for his own passes was gliding as well. So yeah, I was I was very satisfied with that debut. I didn't think he was particularly at fault for Brentford's second goal either. Although I do think he'll probably have some weaknesses to sharpen up when it comes to defending in our box. But you know, with the way we set up now, hopefully he, he won't have to do that as much as you know previous managers would have asked their centre backs to. So yeah. It's uh, it was encouraging, and um, as you mentioned, Madison, we may as well go straight into that debut as well. Um, okay, general thoughts on the debut: two assists. Uh, the floor is. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, like, he's a known quantity. We knew that this guy is a hooper. We he is a prime time hooper. Mm. Like, you look at the way he receives the ball. You look at the what how he protects the ball. You look at what he. He looks to do. He's constantly trying to be positive. He's constantly trying to play forward. And he is very secure with the ball. He's no willy-nilly. He doesn't give anything away that he doesn't have to. And everything that he does give away is in the final third, in the high-risk areas where you want there to be high-risk passes. Mm. I thought I thought he was really impressive. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know how to look at it this way, but Kane going might be not the best thing for him, but might be a good thing because he might actually have to decide that as a player at his age, with his experience level in the Premier League, he has to step up. This team is looking to him to be able to play at the Mm. highest level, to be able to produce at the highest level. And to be honest with you, the first game of the season, he scores two, he, he, he creates two goals with two assists and he has a portion of the game where he's the captain. Automatically, Without Kane, you're looking at someone that's got just having to step into that role and perform not only at a high level, but hopefully at a consistent level. Because, you know, at, at, at what we paid for him and him coming into the squad, 
he's going to be that person that we look to. And I think it's important that he also understands that, and this is no offence to Leicester, but the pressure of Tottenham being the number 10 for Tottenham, the vice-captain for Tottenham, is going to be way more than being the 10 the vice-captain at Leicester, where there's going to be a lot more viewership, there's going to be a lot more people on you. And obviously, now that you've gone for this tri- this transfer fee, however however good the fee was, there's going to be pressure for people to be like, OK, listen, I need to see what this kid is really about. Mm. Yeah, I think he maybe felt like he had to prove something to himself, even though his numbers and performances were good last year, did ultimately get relegated with Leicester and Obviously, coming into Spurs, apparently he's been such a big personality. He's obviously a player of quality. He wanted the number 10 straight away. He made such an impression that Ange gave him vice-captaincy, even though he's brand new to the club. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with that now. I had a few reservations about Madison being made vice-captain at first. Obviously, he has literally just joined, but it makes sense. And for what it stands for, and in the sense that it's ousting this last kind of leadership group like i can't not be happy with that like that last leadership group has ceased to exist for for all those <laughs> members like it's, it's, it's they such a mad turnaround they, so they like, for context for those that may not be aware was uh loris kane dyer and hoibiag now, and I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why Son wasn't in this leadership group before. For someone Fucking who's hell. made himself stand up to be counted for Spurs and his country as well, like uh, probably the most out of anyone in the squad. So that's nuts. Dyer being in the leadership group, not in the, in the in the squad. Man, go home, man. Dyer wasn't home, in the man. squad either. Yeah. Go home, man. Go home, man. Hey, speak. Speaking of leadership group, yeah, all these people that were so adamant that Hoybieg was this player last year, and mm. because Yao's not here, Tobes, <laughs> I don't have anything for you. It's fine. Ah, ah. <laughs> ah. One thing, again, I feel like my... You know how Yao's thing was top of the stairs or cussing Delhi, but now it's cussing Delhi's father, yeah. all this kind of stuff. My thing might just be coming for Spurs Twitter every time I'm on because there was a lot of people that would be, especially these fake tacticals, yeah, that would be talking about all these qualities because we, we, we do love a redeeming quality in the NSO. All these redeeming qualities Hoybier allegedly had, whereas it felt like we're the only ones that could see when it came to defensive transitions or actually tracking the ball backwards, Hoybier was nowhere to be seen. And suddenly now it's like it's as if this guy that was leadership group, the Viking, starting all these games, Conte was starting ahead of Basuma. This guy was on the bench, was never going to be called upon. No one has said anything on Spurs Twitter. <laughs> but this was Yulok's guy. This was Yulok's <laughs> man. Oh, the great Dane. This was Yulok's fucking guy. And just re- and, and, uh, like we're, we're trying to we're trying to get peace from Simeone, but no, no one is saying anything. Everyone's got, time to, everyone's got time to talk about Dom. So why is no one saying anything about Pierre? I don't I don't get it. Man, needs to tell me that man is not real. You see that he man? He is not real. I'm MVP. telling you. I'm telling you. Is he just a walking <laughs> social experiment? Or Honestly. 
he's fake. But yeah, I just wanted to get that one off my chest because it's been annoying me how no none of that side of, of Spurs the fan base is saying anything about Hubia. It's like why 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 have you not just silently accepted that he's not this guy? Oh, so suddenly <laughs> we, suddenly we have a manager that wants to play football, and now you accept that Hubia shouldn't play. Are you so, not yeah, fucking crazy? He even had in the Brentford game, was he skip started, and then it was Matasala came on, but no one said anything. No, what, what, what's, what's going no on? words, not a Scooby, not, not a Scooby. A fucking beep. The cheek of it, the absolute right, cheek of it. The only reason <laughs> Hobie was on the bench and the van wasn't is is age and hierarchy. That's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> the football I was we're playing, the football we're playing. What fan can actually look at? I don't know. Twenty minutes of Alfred Devine in preseason, and you and you want to tell me Hobie was more suited to what we're doing? People don't lie like this. Don't like just because I'm horizontal doesn't mean you can lie as well, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, and I have to play devil's advocate a little bit sometimes, but apparently he was actually good in preseason. Boy, and he was, I, in he was playing in a role which I don't think he's suited to at all, but apparently he was good against the yeah. Lion City Sailors or whatever. As a, as a six. Playing six, yeah. Anything he can actually do well on the pitch is probably in the number eight position. And even then, um, that's okay, but it's nothing crazy. In the first phase, he's useless. And in the dressing room, I thought um, he probably used to be a good influence. Maybe not as a leader. Always thought he'd be a fake leader, but just having that, like, like that welcoming personality to welcome new signs to the club. He's multilingual. Um, yeah, I even saw him like helping and Dom settle during the whole Mourinho phase. So I was like, okay, maybe he can be that guy sometimes. But yeah. I bet he's a nice guy. Don't get too yeah. I bet I bet he's a nice guy. You know, keeps himself well groomed. Probably shares a couple skincare routines with the man. Them like he seems like seems like an all right guy in it. You know, hmm. and I did kind of rate him back in the last year when he kind of came for Conte pause respectfully. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like Conte yeah. tried to see a couple of teams, like, yeah, yeah, and then like, that bit I kind of rated. It was a bit like, hey, Conte, like, I know I'm your general, but at the same time, like, don't indirect man like that. That one I kind of rated to be fair. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like with Hobie, you can never doubt his efforts, should we say? I don't think he's someone that will ever down tools. None of that stuff. I can't sit here and slander his work rate, you know, how committed he is to the cause. But you're just you're not useful. This is it. Like you're not <laughs> you're not useful. I feel like the way Simeone wants to play, the haram ball that Simeone wants to play, you're designed for that, man. Mashallah. You can you can run that one, bro. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the whole of Newspace Order have willed that one now. Mm. Yeah, draw out the way. Um obviously we're gonna be linked between now and the end of the transfer window with a lot of forward options. Um what are our thoughts on the links so far? There's uh, links for this normal, there's Doku links says uh, Gift Orban links are very strong, but again, like nothing's really materialized in form of a bid or anything like that. Uh, what, what, what are our thoughts on them so far? Tops, so I wasn't sure if you did you end up doing any digging on the on Gift Orban in the end? 
Yeah, I did. I, I, I did, man. His his story's uh, it's a real his rise is is his mental and no Nigerian um, bias. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, his rise is it's weird. Um, how a player like this, um, almost kind of just really pops up from nowhere. Uh, like this is a player. So what are we? We are August 2023. So he actually didn't sign a pro deal until um, last May, 2022 May, um, yeah, uh, where he was picked up. So actually, uh, I think about 2021, he was playing for a Nigerian professional team. Um, and uh, they have this showcase uh, once or twice a year where there's uh, two of these uh, quite big African agents who put on the showcase and they put uh, guys um, into like five or six games over the space of like two or three days. Um, after two days, oh, sorry, after two matches, they pulled Gift Dorban out. They said, listen, you're going somewhere that's not here. Um, he was then picked up by a uh, guy who was an agent for a team in the second division of the Norwegian league. Um, and he was like, listen, we want to give you a chance. So they, uh, they put him on trial. Um, he scored two goals or three goals in four games um, for the second division. But at the end of the trial, they were a bit like, mm, I don't know, I don't know, we're not really sure about you. Um, which he was kind of like, okay. So he went back to Nigeria. They then called him back and said, listen, we're happy to take you on, um, but we will uh, put you in the second team, almost like uh, the B team, something like this. Um, to which he scored like uh, fourteen in fourteen in like twelve or something for the for the B team. So he then went to the um, the first team, and he basically helped them uh, win promotion, which was incredible. Uh, he then moved on, which was uh, that. So this was it. This is from May 2022, to which um, he later in the summer he then moved uh, through to Ghent. Um, and you know, again in the Belgian league, um, they weren't really sure where to play him. They weren't. They were sure maybe he was going to be maybe on the wing or whether they could play up front. But um, the minute he came into the into the first team setup, he literally was bagging for fun. I mean, when I say bagging for fun, like he was the uh, the young player of the season because the way they season the calendar is a bit funny uh, because they don't tend to play in the uh, winter too much because it's super, super cold. Uh, so they can't. So they tend to do some of their season through like parts of the summer period. Um, so we're talking about a 20-year-old 20 who is, in my opinion, extremely raw. Um, he really is a striker. Um, he's extremely quick. Um, I wouldn't say he's extremely technical, but what he does with the ball at his feet is good. It it's To me... It appears like it's quite raw. It doesn't look like someone who has had a massive amount of training and it looks like lots of it is sort of natural ability. But I think definitely to have this type of player to come into like the league and to kind of have these skills almost um, sharpened up to a level is something that I think would, would actually benefit us. I wouldn't even mind having him as another option as a striker. Um, he's got age on his side. Um, he hasn't had much first-team experience, if I'm being honest. Um, because, you know, you talk in the second league in the Norwegian, second division in the Norwegian league, and you're talking um, the, the Belgian league. Um, 
So you're really kind of taking a risk. But then again, there's some players that have had kind of had this risk taken on them. People like Julian Alvarez at Man City, where they've not played any football or very little football um, on this part, on this side of the world. But actually, they just need a little bit of a period of time of bedding in. And actually, their raw ability is enough that just needs to be sharpened and developed. Um, at the moment, they're saying it was originally, I think, something in the region of 20 million. Um, but I think it's now more closer to the 30 million, I think 30 million euro mark. Um, and lots of things are being said online about us agreeing personal terms. But um, I'm not sure really where it's going to go um, from a uh, from a club view. Um, nothing concrete has been has been said by Ornstein or, or Fab. So I think we probably have to keep an eye on this one. I think if it's a deal that's there and potentially could be done, I think it's something that we should definitely um, look to exercise if we can. Um, but I mean, outside of outside of him, I've just I personally, in terms of our um, transfer policy, I'm more concerned about our lack of outgoings as opposed to in incomings. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I think um, in general, I, I like that Julian Alvarez. Um, comparison by the way and I was uh, sensing a bit of a Jamie Vardy arc in there as well when you were talking about him um, I'm definitely open to it to be fair like we can't um, go too far wrong with it I've seen some of the um, comps of him going around and the guy just seems like he explodes in and around the box and that is a big pause but yeah he's you very very critical as well but that Jesus. is <laughs> That Why? was insane. Hey, yo. <laughs> In another time, oh. I would suggest that as a pod title, but fucking and hell. And so off the dark. Fuck. It is 10 past midnight. It is at 10 the past time midnight. of recording, to be fair. So if I, if I don't crazy. decide to edit that out, that is my borderline excuse. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he seems to be a really, really clinical finisher as well. Just knows how. To score goals. There you go. Yeah. Um, I like just quick one on Auburn. I like like that was tops. I really enjoyed that monologue. By the way, I like the research, um, and I feel like the way football is nowadays. You know, I feel like a lot of teams and players are getting. I feel like it's easier to lock down strikers that aren't elite anymore. Like if you match an elite striker with an elite defender, just as an example. Like hate to say it, but. Saliba had a had a good time against Haaland the other day. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they'll be they, if they played if they play each other ten times, could be a bit more 60 40, You never know. But I feel like if a, the less elite a striker is, um, or like the let or the more, how do I say, like tactically aware he is, he might be easier for centre backs to lock down nowadays, possibly. So I feel like if you get someone as unpredictable as Gift Auburn suddenly defenders are a bit like, hold on, you know, a real, not a real, but like a usual conventional kind of striker. This is the kind of run you want to make. This is how you're going to want to stand me up. Da, 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 da. All this kind of stuff where even if you watch tape, tape on gift, you'll be like, rah, like he, he, this isn't really orthodox. This is kind of, he's doing some unorthodox stuff. That I'm not really entirely sure how to handle. And I feel like, I, I feel like Ange is not the kind of person that would want to coach all of that out of him. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if that's getting him into these positions, then fair enough. And then on top of that, from what I've one thing I have noticed from the comps is that he's he 
he strikes the ball very well, which sounds he like does. a really simple thing for a striker. It's like, not. When, it's not, bro. When, when, he, when he has the back lift, I know this ball is getting hit properly. Whether it's on target or not, I know this ball is getting swazzed proper. <laughs> bro, that's the only it's, way to describe it, bro. That's the only way to describe it. He is pamming the hell out of that ball. pamming it, bro. He's absolutely swazzing it properly. Low, <laughs> low driven, top bit. Yeah, you know, you know them. Oh, bro, he just slaps it, roofs yeah, yeah, it. Sometimes yeah, yeah. he's the kind of guy one on one. He's not on this, 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 this finesse far post thing. He's roofing it. Do you know what I'm saying? And I love that. So mm. you know, I'd I'd love if we if we if we could get him. Obviously, there's been a couple of loose links to Eze. Um, would love Eze. Love oh. the way he plays. Oh. I feel like I feel like I I love the journey he went on as well, where he nearly I, I don't want to say Mackie's because it might have been Mackie's that he nearly was going to work in, but he was going to go do the retail thing and he got his opportunity. Pardon me, got his opportunity. I would love for us to sign someone like Eze. Do I think he has the defensive nous to play the right sided eight for us? I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, that's 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 a good point. If I was I was thinking if there was one role he could he could play, it would be that. But then mm-hmm. I would be I would be more satisfied with Benton Kuro doing that. This way is, more satisfied. Yeah. Way this more is. satisfied. But I would also like I get we can't really drop our captain, but then there's been talk of Son possibly moving to nine. If we were to get us, can you imagine a left side of Van de Ven, Destiny? Madison as a Jesus Ooh. Christ, Ooh. we can dream or we can dream, but anyway, um, would love as a don't think it's gonna happen. Obviously, they've locked down Olise, they 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 never really managed to get their piece for Zaha, so like we're not getting as a for less than 45 M's, so we'll see. Um, don't know, did you mind see the link about Balogun? Yeah, I don't see that. I don't. Yeah. I don't see that happening. Well, man. Like they're gonna, they're gonna, if even if it was possible, they would fleece us, and half of our yeah. foundation wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't even believe in it anyway, man. I, I believe that we inquired, which, which is a thing. I, I wouldn't put it past us. A lot of people, a, a lot of people speak quite highly of him. Like I've watched a fair bit of mm. him, but I don't know, man. I'm just like, hmm, is it enough to lead, enough to lead a line? Not, not for us, and not where we're trying to get to. Like we do have sixty million pounds worth wearing number nine right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't want to turn this into a slander session for no, no, uh, neither do I. For, neither do I. For our, for our nine. No, that's not. Score our some goals. How about some Score goals? Some goals. <laughs> some goals, brother. Yeah, like it's it's it just kind of peak that we're getting linked to strikers when we have sixty million. Like, it, it, it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes, and speaks, we've not we've not really been linked with anyone else. That Mikel Antonio is saying we need to sign a striker. Hey man, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, Owen, thank you, for, thank you very much for that. Let's, let's speak on that real quick. I know we need to go to bed soon, but let's speak on that real quick. Yeah, <laughs> so, Mikel Antonio, are you better than Richarlison? That is, he he probably thinks he is because Mikel Antonio thinks he can score thirty goals for City, right? He's not. He's not. There is a conversation to be had about peak Mikel Antonio and peak Charles. That's one thing. Callum Wilson's better than him. Cool. Now, two things can be true at once here. Number one, it's not banter if you're not boys. Because Mikel Antonio can cuss Callum Wilson. 
Cannibals and Gus Antonio, their boys is banter. Cool, right? They don't know Richarlison like that. So I do think because of the way English football culture is, that can't run. This isn't America where Draymond Green can sit on Paul George's couch and say certain men do not look like basketball players. But that's Draymond Green. That's the NBA. It's different. Over here, we don't really do them things. I would love more smack talk from football players on this side of the on this side of the mm. world. Doesn't really, yeah. doesn't really happen, but I'd love it personally. Because Bring I now hate, man. I, I want I want Richard now I want Richarlison to slap goals or the of, because of hatred. Do you know what I'm saying? I'd love it. I'd love it. It won't happen, but I'd love it. Now, but also Richarlison, they wouldn't be able to talk on your name like this if he scored goals. <laughs> just score some goals. I just, mean, it's just it's not that difficult, bro. Like they're bannering you because you're not scoring goals. So please, what is the response to them bannering you? Score some goals, brother. Please. And and I know know he was unlucky with the offsides, yeah. But also, like, when you really deep it, have a little bit of awareness because you've taken off your top every time. Like, (laughs) because more time, when man man are scoring goals that are offside, you see them do the quick turnaround to the linesman to check. Do the quick turnaround to the linesman to check. Man is man's whipping off. Man showing torso and nipples. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's man. when I have to now. I have to just question you, like as as a man, a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like just have a little bit of awareness, a little bit of decorum. Not even decorum, decorism. That's not even a real word. Have some decorism as well. Yeah. So I don't really blame. I don't mind Antonio and Callum Wilson cussing him until he scores some goals. Simple. Simple. I just need some goals. I, I I don't I don't even ask if anything else to be honest with you because last season people were like, oh, he's a good presser and oh, he works gosh. he works hard and oh. let me not get let, let me let me let me not get into it. But. Mason Mount of strikers. Oh man. Oh R nine. R nine. R nine. A R G H nine. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Definitely contender. Oh, he's so cooked, man. Like, Tobes yeah. is so, it's so finished if he doesn't do well this season. I'm telling you, man. Oh, my God. Oh, they better still have that receipt, man. Yeah, I guess that kind of leads into the Man United preview, and you know, it does <sighs> that light up a fire under Richarlison. He needed just to. those comments there alone because we know that he's reacted to it already. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I don't know. Like he'll start. Um, mm. Beat Wolves, didn't they? Should mm. What team did it put out? Anthony Fernandez, Gonacho. Yeah. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, did, did you guys watch the game on Monday? I did not. I did not. Yeah, it was it was a it was a funny one, man. Because like, okay, um, from a midfield perspective, the balance was all off. It just was all off. Um, they they have a situation where they bought this sixty five million pound player who's playing next to a seventy million pound player who's playing next to Bruno. 
Um, Bruno last season took a role where he was a bit more deep in sort of a deep line playmaker and it allowed for people like Ericsson, people like Asimov and they had a good bit of interchange but they've signed in signing Mount you've almost kind of signed a player who really isn't a double pivot player he really isn't because a lot of the time at Chelsea he played as a winger or as like a 10 and now you're asking him to do a job whereby he is playing alongside Casemiro in that sort of double pivot and then you have Bruno in his true advanced sort of 10 playmaking area now if you look at the game there were constant times in which Bruno specifically and Mount their positions and generally positions throughout the game were far too high and honestly the minute Wolves Cunha Gomez um, Sarabia Neto the minute these men broke one press it was open like Moses opening the Red Sea. They were just flying at the dead centre of that midfield. So first of all, the midfield, I think, is unbalanced. And I feel like the profiles they have in attack, it suits the way they want to play because I think they want to play transition ball. So Garnacho, they had to play Nash Rashford through the middle and Anthony, whatever he does on that right side. I feel this kind of ball, this chaos ball, it kind of weirdly plays into how we have started playing defensively. And I'm just kind of nervous that if they tweak it a little bit, it could maybe pay off for them. They I don't have know. to change it. I think they have to. I'd be very surprised if it didn't. <sighs> I mean, uh, in there showing up things. They've, they've got Anthony, to. And... Anthony and Garnacho both awful. Yeah, I can't see. Like I can't see Garnacho starting the next game. Like, I mean, people are gonna—they're not gonna like it, but probably at some point, he's gonna probably put Mount on the wing um, because oh, wow. uh, Mount, Mount as a—I don't know. Like people, I don't know. People need to tell me. Like Mount as a double as a double pivot. I just, I just don't see it. And the one positive thing about it is that we have players who are. Very technical, um, in my opinion, um, in in Bissouma, in Madison, to be able to honestly play around it. Plus, I feel like in this type of game, genuinely, it, it I think it suits Skip because he will be able to sit in in times when we are maybe in transition and as a more defensive player, he will kind of maybe be a little bit more switched on to be like, listen, Emerson, you stay back there. I'm going to take this sort of space in the middle so that anything that from that left central midfield area, let me cover and then let Kulu do everything further up there. Um, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one because they're obviously going to change it um, and there's going to be a little bit of added pressure for us to perform just because I think, one, um, I was like I was saying to Owen before, the one positive thing I like about Ange is that he really is bound to his philosophy and whilst that's a really positive thing because it's exciting, positive, attacking, progressive football, it also can maybe sometimes be a flaw in his thinking because if you're so bound to it, you then sometimes stop thinking about potentially what the other team could do because you're so bound to what you are doing. And sometimes I think maybe from a defensive perspective, that can sometimes be to maybe our detriment. I don't. We haven't seen it really yet because we've only had pre-season friendlies. But I think it'll be interesting to see how United are going to change because they're going to probably have to change the way they played from Monday, but also having to 
come up against us who kind of had a positive start but will play very similar to the way that we played. I actually think we'll play it even more so to an extreme of how we played on Sunday. Damn. And uh, any changes from Spurs, do we think? Um, in terms of personnel, no. I, I expect the team to be the same. I don't think Ange doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to now drop Richarlison after one game. And to now, people are saying, oh, start Perisic or start Solomon. It's like, listen, man, Perisic is an impact guy. He's, he's an impact guy. Like, let's, let, let's be guided for a, for a second. You know, he, yeah. he, he might win sixth man of the year. Do you know what I'm saying? He might, he might, he's, a, he's a role player now. His minutes are assigned. He's late, he's late stage Carmelo Anthony. Like, we need to relax a little bit. Um, I just feel like we need to just be, I feel like we need to be way more switched on now because the reality is, whether Rashford stays central, whether he goes off the left. He, to be honest, even if Garnacho starts again, Garnacho has the pace to hurt us in those areas where we have looked, you know, vulnerable. We do, we do look better than, you know, we, we all saw the amount of space Jared Bowen was getting in preseason. Um, that space did not look as regularly evident against Brentford. Um, but that that is, I think that's my main concern. I don't expect us to keep another clean sheet. Um, unfortunately, because, you know, United are going to get chances. Rashford can finish. Garnacho can finish. Um, hate to say it, Bruno can finish. Do you know what I'm saying? So that is that is my main thing. Um, but, yeah, I'd say the only thing is just being a bit more defensive, which, again, Ange said at the back end of preseason, you know, they need to, that's something they definitely need to work on. So yeah. I, think, I, think, I think we'll be... Yeah, I think we'll be okay. Just again, I expect us to concede again. To be honest, yeah, I I can totally agree with that. Um, and like I said earlier on as well, like I mean, this is all a work in progress, and it's constantly developing and evolving. Even from the first half against Bourne, against Brentford, the second half structure looked, even if it was marginally, it was better. So um, they're clearly seeing things and making the little tweaks and little adjustments. Um, so it will be interesting to see how we, as a um, high-possession, counter-pressing um, <laughs> team at home, um, play up against a team who is <clears throat> not massive on confidence, but extremely, extremely volatile as a uh, transition team. Um, I, can't, I can't call it. Uh, I think we just nick it. I think we just nick it, uh, but we concede. Like I, I agree with Ohio. Um They've got enough players. Uh, I wouldn't say match winners, but they've they've got enough like guys who are who are kind of astute to turning up and scoring just out of nothing um, against us. Um, but I think we'll nick it. I think um, I actually think Richarlison does score this weekend. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll go for. A... Hopefully, I'm sending it as well. I'm not sure if we've beaten them at the the new stadium yet, but damn, we're overdue. Boys, yeah. thank you for for joining me late on this evening. Um, it's been fun. It's been fun. We managed to cover quite a lot. And uh, until next week, um, obviously, we try and stream and record every Thursday, if not every Friday. The audio comes out. Well, it is, well, it is, man. 
Instagram? And it was uh, yeah. I was getting to social skills. Socials. But to say, uh, Ohio is very active on the on the Twitter at the moment. So yeah, catch uh, new Spurs order there and uh, new Spurs order on the Instagram where we have been putting a bit more work as of recently. But yeah, as of now, um, peace out. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.